Welcome to the Hard Parking Podcast Archive. What you're listening to is Season 1, Episodes 1 through 8. Had co-host Brando Barameda. Neither one of us were using a microphone, so we were basically talking into the phone. My typical recording location was in a hotel room as I travel for work. Some of the episodes I was recording at my house downstairs in an open room. So the audio is everywhere. We're both on one channel. I had not yet learned to record on a split channel. If you want to fast forward to season one, episode nine, that's when I essentially went solo for the most part, started bringing on guests. Just keep that in mind. Please enjoy the archived episodes. Again, season one, episodes one through eight. Jay Faye. Hey, so what's going on this week? So we have, um, I guess it's... Uh, Week two. Um, do we know what we're calling this yet? Um, no idea. What is this? Rising cars. Um, also, um, what do you have for dinner? I went to this place called, um, you know, I forgot. Oh, Boontown Train Yard. So I had um, 10 ounce filet, some vegetables, a couple pops. But the uh, mode of the filet medium rare, here's the thing, right? So if the food comes out, I order it medium rare. Let's say it's not medium rare. Let's say it's medium. As long as it's hot and the flavor's good, I usually just power through it. If it's too cooked, I send it back. If it's too raw, I send it back. In this case, it was eh, a lot closer to medium than medium rare, but it was good, so I powered through it. You know, you know, growing up in the Philippines, our steak were cut thin. So we never got a choice. It was cooked. It was well done. And that's how we ate meat and steak. Like our steak, our steak are like a quarter of an inch thick. They cut it thin. They're like those um, <clears throat> stir fry. The, the really thin pork chops you can get. So back in 1990, eh, maybe 2000, I bought a George Foreman. Hmm. Remember, remember, remember George, George Foreman's? I still have a George smaller Foreman. one. I still have one. <laughs> All right, you still got one. I, I had one. a smaller one. And what happens is, you know, one I, I got the thin sliced pork chops. I got the thin sliced chicken breast. Um, I put some pepper and salt on it. And when I put it on there, I cooked it. And when I took it off, Brando, it tastes so good. I was smiling as I was eating it. I was like, God damn, this shit is so fucking good. What <laughs> took me so long to eat this shit? But your uh, your thin steak um, story from the Philippines kind of reminded me of that. And actually, when I went to, um, I don't remember if I was in China or Italy, you're right. Like, the steaks aren't really very big, and they're actually kind of expensive. I guess here in the land of beef, right. you know, we kind of take it for granted that we can get, you know, big fat-ass steak for... I wouldn't say cheap, but we get big fat ass steaks. I wonder if Wagyu was cheap as fuck in Japan because it's expensive as hell. Yeah. yeah, export. Yeah, when they export that shit, man, there's some taxes involved, you know. And do you know in Chinese in, uh, in China, they some Chinese refuse to eat produce or meat or anything from China, like they buy U.S. grade lobster, shrimp, steak, like they don't eat what they grow in China. So many jokes I could make right now. Ain't that crazy? Like Chinese, yeah, they they have a market for 
they label it U.S. grade, you know, steak or U.S. grade chicken or imported from X amount or X place for their crabs. Like they don't, my friends are Chinese and they don't eat Chinese stuff. But we all know here we're really exporting pigeon, right? Is that what it is? Oh, oh, so rewinding us, you know, um, you know, what are we calling this? Is it the car jab, the car bap, rice rocket? You got anything? I don't know. Uh, I'm liking the hard parking. Hard parking. I like that. So from now on, we'll just call this hard parking. Right. right? Because when you cruise up to the spot, you know, it's just like, there's this par- parking spot, but you don't care. Right. So you just park however you want. It's hard parking. So yeah, this is a hard parking podcast. So right. I guess everybody, welcome to episode two. So the hard parking podcast hard parking with jay and brando yes. brando so um <laughs> what are you obsessing about right now i know you know the nba finals is going on game three, three is tomorrow by the time people hear this we'll probably already be done with it yeah but you know what do you got going on right now what are you obsessing about you go first <laughs> you go first you tell me what you're obsessing about yeah. so i've kind of been in this kick lately so i stayed at one of our um our local NSX family's house. I'm protect his name because he didn't want us posting pictures of it. I walk in, and on the left side, he's got this giant freaking liquor cabinet. When I say giant, I mean giant. Apparently, he's only been collecting liquor for a year. Okay. But he had about eh, 60 grand worth of liquor in a year in the secondhand market. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like 30-something bottles still in their boxes of like McAllen classic cut 2017, 2018, McAllen number two, number three, number four. So I started running the numbers and it's like, okay, well, when you go to a big box place like Specs or BevMo or, or Total Wine, it seems like those places aren't allowed to price gouge or mark up. So they have to sell it for MSRP. So what happens is, you know, if you get a bottle of McAllen classic cut for $95, give or take $10, depending on where you're living, you know, when you go check the secondhand market, if it's last year's edition, it's like 140 or 150 or $200. You know, so I really took this liking to kind of going out and trying to find kind of these rare drinks or just things I like to buy and drink or buy and collect or buy and flip. So that's what I'm assessing about right now. I'm on this really, really big um, whiskey kick, whether it's Japanese or if it's American bourbon. And actually in my hand right now. My wife's going to kill me when she hears this podcast, maybe. (laughs) But, you know, so I picked up this stuff called Iron Smoke, straight bourbon whiskey. Um, Apparently, this stuff is, it's regional, so I would still get it here. I took a taste at the store, really small store. liked it, so I ended up buying it. But here's the problem. Now I have nine bottles of liquor in my work desk. (laughs) So I have to smuggle the stuff home, two or three bottles at a time. Can you yeah, I can ship it, but, you know, I have a hard case carry-on. Okay. So I just check it in on the way home. Oh, you know. right. Nice. Nice. So that's what I'm obsessing about right now. I've dropped a lot of money in the last month and a half on liquor. So what are you obsessing about Man, right I, now? I mean, keeping up with the NBA Finals. Okay. So Big NBA fan, are you? I'm going for the Warriors. Now, are you a bandwagon fan, or you've been kind of been with them for a while? There's nothing wrong with the bandwagon. Right. I've been with them for a while, you know, back in the Tim Hardaway days. This year, for me, you know, it's like I, I feel for Steph Curry, you know. Like, his entire team are slowly getting injured. Kevin Durant is injured. So, it feels like the, he has to prove himself. 
Right. He has to prove himself, you know, but that's what it feels like, you know. So I, I just, I'm hoping for him to get this, this championship in. So we'll see how that goes. So Steph Curry's had kind of an interesting arc. So I remember watching the, the NCAA tournament when he was at Davidson, you know, um, really small, undersized guy. And they were saying he couldn't make it in the NBA. So then I kind of started rooting for this guy. Gets to the NBA, keeps busting his ankle like every year. Yep, so then finally, that. once they start assembling the pieces and getting good, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, so then they win the title. And then the next year, they break the record for most wins in a season. And, you know, <laughs> go to the finals, they get beat. But now they're in their fifth finals in a row. And depending on how long it takes for this podcast to be released, you can't bet against them. I'm picking them in five over Toronto. It's one-to-one as of this podcast. Mm -hmm. But just the overall state of the NBA, there's a lot of good talent in the NBA, but I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can just keep watching it other than casually. I I don't think I watched one full regular season game this year, and that's got to be the first time I've done that since 2003. I did the same thing, too. I didn't watch any season games. I wanted the playoffs. You know, the season is just like, all right, sure, go go play whatever. And I think the playoff is where where it really boils down to, you know. Are you into um, switching gears? Are you into the the, the movies? Because, you know, I just saw Endgame twice, and I was drained, right? I'm like, it's all over with for now. I'm going to take a break. You know, Game of Thrones wrapped up. I'm waiting for Walking Dead to come back, but I'm kind of getting worn <laughs> on that. Mm-hmm. And then another Spider-Man Far From Home trailer just came out, and now I'm, like, pumped that I can't wait for that now. It's like, God, when is, when is it over, over? You know? It's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, I just want to get on with my fucking life. <laughs> I don't think that'll be ever be over. And now, didn't they, didn't Disney purchase X-Men? Yeah, so Disney has the, has acquired the rights to Fox. You had Fox with X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And let's be honest, we only watched that for Jessica Alba. Right. And then, you know, um, Sony Entertainment had Spider-Man for the longest time, which is why Spider-Man wasn't involved in the MCU until recently in an agreement between Sony and Marvel to where Marvel's actually borrowing Spider-Man for six films. And let's say re-up on that agreement. So they're almost done with the sixth film. And since Disney owns all of them, like, I'm sure they could probably work something out. So there's talk about introducing Venom to the MCU. But it may nice. not be Tom Hardy. It's super nerdy shit, you know. This is a car cast, um, but that's super nerdy shit. Did you watch boxing last weekend? Yeah, check that out. Anthony got knocked out by Ruiz. By someone's uncle, right? Like some yeah. guy who got drunk at the bar and like. I'll take you on right now. What's up? I'm going to show you these fists on you. And he's like, hold my beer. And they went outside in the back, <laughs> took his shirt off, showed his flab, and beat that dude's ass, right? That's pretty much. Pretty much. That's what the happened. The narrative is. Right. And then did the, the, the mariachi dance afterwards. <laughs> that's right, man. The you first know, um, ever Mexican heavyweight. Oh, I didn't realize that. First ever Mexican Yeah, because everybody else was like lightweight, welterweight, middleweight. Right. And he's a big boy, but man, he he he, he caught he caught he caught him. 
with some really good shots. You know, he hit him. He hit him in the temple or behind the ear, and it stunned him. Um, and he never recovered. Like I wouldn't want to scrap with either one of them. The Mexican Rocky. That's what they said right after he won it. They're like, it's the Mexican Rocky. I, I watched the highlights, and uh, yeah, it was man. It was a good fight. It was a good fight. He, you know, he he got knocked down first, and then he got up, and then got Anthony Anthony Joshua twice in the same round. And then from then on, Anthony AJ just he was he was done. Oh, he was done. It that's like, what happened. So I saw it on Twitter. I saw like a minute and a half. Like once he knocked um, Anthony down once, and he got up and he started you know putting them putting them things on him. You know the betting odds was fourteen to one, and if it was a, a knockout win, it would be twenty to one. So can you imagine some people made some money from that? Fight? I know everybody in his family made some money. Right. Everybody in his family and people he went to school with made money. Because you got to stay loyal to your boys. You're right. Shoot. Anthony Joshua, man. Anthony Joshua could have bet against himself. <laughs> and, and, and made some money. 20 times. Right. 20 times. Hey, so what are you doing right now as far as your car? Like, what kind of products are you into? Or what are, uh, your, what are, you, what are you projecting for the future? I guess we should at some point talk about cars. Right. Well, for the car, um, it's in the shop. And we are working on my cluster, my speedometer cluster. Uh, I had the S2K cluster there. Uh, love that thing. But one of the capacitors blew up. And it's constantly draining power from the battery. So, you know, we just found that out that that was the problem with it. So I took that out. And I'm putting in the new or the old cluster, the original cluster. And now... It's not lighting up. It's just frustrations. <laughs> you know, it's just frustrating right now. So got to deal with that. Um, I have a few dead LED bulbs on my taillight on the signal. And so I got to... It's kind of janky. Yeah. It, to be honest with you, I think... I don't know what happened to it. I think somehow water got into it. Maybe it wasn't sealed properly. Um, I'm not sure. But that was... Both, you know, pretty pretty penny for those mods. But, uh, yeah, so that S2K uh, gauge cluster, that's really sharp, a digital cluster for the NSX. I've thought about doing it myself. Somebody, maybe it was you, somebody changed the, the colors to blue, so it was yep. super freaking sharp. Was that you? I did, it was me. Yep. Yeah, that was you, okay. So I've thought about it, but... Uh, yeah, so you're having issues. That's kind of one of those crazy things that happen when you try to, you know, personalize things too much. I mean, I have my own problems as well, but you know, hopefully you get that figured out. Um, if it's draining, that means you probably have a bad ground somewhere. Right. But remember that the NSXs are constantly constantly drain. That's why you have to keep keep them, you know, hooked up to a trickle charger. Oh. But if you have a if you have a bad ground on top of that, um, I guess it makes it worse. So yeah. So if our cars you leave them sitting around for like a month without starting them, for a lot of people they just the battery's dead. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. I, mean, I, I didn't. I guess I was just driving it often a lot, and then you know with the hurricane hitting, and then drive it for a while, you know, just drain the battery. But if I got the S two K, you know, if I if I got the S two K back, uh, that cluster. I'll probably replace it and go back to the original orange color. Oh, on the cluster. So for yeah. those people who are listening who don't understand, S2K stands for S2000. And, and for those of you who are listening that do know who that is, don't think, well, no shit. Everybody knows that because everybody doesn't. 
Right, right. I would have just kept the orange because I think the problem is that LED, the new LED board, that's where the little uh, capacitor was fried. So so what would you tell people who are thinking about doing the uh, S2000 gauge cluster mod on an Acura NSX? Oh, Anything? I'm, I'm still kind of split with it. Like, it, I think it's a... I think it's an awesome mod. Uh, I did it because my RPM gauge was dead. You know, I was either going to have to replace that or buy this really cool S2K cluster from Johan and utilize that. So that worked out for a little bit, for a while. But something happened with my battery and mm-hmm. fried that. So I, I would, I don't know, man. That, I would say that's one of those personal uh personal choices you know uh, you know it looks really sharp i thought about doing it myself right i just didn't and they also have the other little square gauge cluster that you see people have you seen that with the little square one looks like it's from a video game like a track um it doesn't have any color to it i think brian up in ohio did it to a couple cars like a couple track cars i thought about that but at the end of the day i didn't want to look back and look at something that looked like it was purely aftermarket at least your S2K cluster looks like it should be in there to begin with. Right. Some of the things I'm working on is... What, um, you, what you got going on, man? I'm, I fi- I'm finally getting around to doing the OEM carpet, the red. Mm, that's you nice. Know, so um, for a while, I've had uh, Thomas Fence, um, his carpet kit, and I tried to match it as close as I could to OEM red, and I did a pretty good job. So he offers, for the most part, you can get Type R red or some other red, he sent me some samples years ago. I didn't like them. I told him to send me some more samples. I found one I liked. But the problem with his loop carpet is it wears like shit. So at the time, I couldn't really afford to buy the OEM carpet because, let's face it, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But fast forward years later, you know, and I'm on kind of a mission to kind of revert my car back to somewhat normal. Okay. Because as of this podcast, it looks like a fighter jet, an anime <laughs> fighter jet. And so I bought the carpet kit from uh, NSX shop, you know, Mark Perez. Shout out to Mark it's been Perez. Sitting in the, shout out to Mark Perez. It's been sitting in my garage for a while because I did the passenger side, but we were remodeling our house. So it's just the driver's side just sat in a box and it had another, a few other parts that I needed. Finally got those in last week. So at some point in the next couple of weeks, I will probably gut the car out again and reinstall that. Um, Okay. And then I also finally got a horn button that worked because that's been the bane of my existence for the last couple of years. Horn gotta, button, kind of pain in the ass. Gotta have that horn button. Yeah, man, I haven't had a horn in so long. So now I'll just I'll be in traffic and I'll just honk the horn for no reason. <laughs> so, how long will that process take for you to go and take everything out and replace the old carpet with the new one and then put everything back together? Is that a weekend project? It's, yeah, you could say a weekend. It could take a day. It could take a few weeks because what happens is I have this bad habit, right? I start taking my car apart and then I get distracted or I get caught up on something. I leave the screws laying around and then I have to go to work. And so for me, work is usually hopping a flight and being gone for a week. Then another week passes. Then another week passes. Then I go back into the garage and I start putting the car back together, but then I've lost like three screws. So, oh. you know, I'm going to try to get everything. I have like a whole Folgers coffee can full of like OEM car parts, screws and bolts and nuts because I couldn't remember where they came from. Or I pulled some part off that didn't need them. Right. 
That's ghetto. Seems like a lot of work. Let's switch over to our car culture section, car culture tech talk. Okay. I think you had mentioned passing. Uh, you have a guy who you know has a pretty cool Porsche. Oh yeah, my my friend uh, Dave Smith. He owns a Porsche repair race car shop here in Panama City. He's got some really awesome toys. Like I just, you know, stopped by there yesterday, and he was working on his race car. I guess in the race, like in that scene, summer, they take summer off because it's too hot to race. Because they have like a fire suit on, a helmet, and all of that stuff. So I, I can see how hot uh, uh, being on the track would be. So this is this is their off season, and this is when um, he's getting all the toys geared up. Do you know what type of what what Porsche is he working on? Man, I think. What are some things he he typically does? Some of his projects. So, basically, he he runs a service as well. So he he works on. Okay, his clients are doctors in the area, and they all pretty much have Porsche race cars to track with. So he takes care of the 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 Porsche race car, you know, repairs things, fixes things, and then he brings them to the track for his clients, kind of like a concierge. And at the same time, he races too. I don't know much about what he does, or, or like mechanically wise. I don't know. He just, mm-hmm. you know, me. I am so bad at that stuff. So he, I'll sure. just say, I, he does. He repairs stuff. So what? Uh, how did you guys meet? You know, what is it, you know, um, for him to get kind of highlighted in in this episode, right? Um, you know, we have a local group here called Emerald Coast Exotics. Uh, okay. Once a month, people with exotic cars we kind of go on a cruise. We go have lunch, and that's pretty much how we met. And doing cars and coffee, a time one, you know, twice a month we have an event here in Panama City. Uh, the last Saturday of the month, and then another one um, two cities away from us. I, I like that scene better, Cars and Coffee. I prefer that scene rather than car shows. How about you? Do you do, you do Cars and Coffee? Well, you know, um, I do both. But, you know, to your point, um, Cars and Coffee just feels more organic. So I feel like you have the, a, a better opportunity to, to just – kind of BS and get to know other car owners and other people as opposed to like a car show. And you've been there where people post up by their cars, or if you were there with a group, you guys just sit there and don't really walk around. And then of course it's all about, you know, my car is cleaner than that car. Hopefully I beat that person. You know, it's less about respect and more about, you know, who can, who can come out on top and, you know, there's no right or wrong way, but you know, to your point, you know, I, I, I enjoy cars and coffee more. Um, because again, it is more casual. It is a little bit more organic, and you it's do get less a stressful. More time, it's less, yeah, it's far less. It's just easy. You, know, you pull stressful. up, you park, and you know. I mean, do you stand by your car, or do you walk around, or do you do that move? Because I do this move. Like as soon as I park, I can't wait to get fucking away from my car. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because the way it looks, I, I basically park and run. If, if my car, could, if it was a Tesla, like if I installed like a Tesla mod on my NSX, I would roll out of the car. <laughs> well parks itself right. and then get up dust myself off and walk off um because sometimes people just crowd your car and i don't like to be the center of attention as often like my wife would disagree with me 
but it feels it's it's both cool and you know this because you have a purple one that sucks his fucking back right you know <clears throat> you know it's cool and awkward and a little uncomfortable at the same time right when you're pulling up and everyone's got their cameras yes. i wish i have a their mask phones out. sometimes i wish i had a mask it gives me anxiety yes it gives me a little anxiety yeah, you get yeah yeah and people have to understand who don't have an NSX. You get kind of used to that, just being in the NSX. Right. Sometimes I have. I wish I had the mask. You know, like I like. I do. I do enjoy this. I like pulling up. You know, with some friends, getting there, and then airing out. When you air out, it's like I don't know. There's there, there's something really cool about it when you when you when you're hard parking. You know, you pull up, you air out. Like like Kendrick Lamar said. You know, pull up, hop out, air out. You know what? Made it look sexy. You deserve the attention then. Because basically what happens is you pull up to the spot, and when you air out, that's like a freaking dog whistle to dogs. I mean, people just come running all there like, right. purple in you know, the Joker just pulled up, you know. But you're right. You know, when you mob with yep. the crew, you have a little bit more confidence, and you feel a little less awkward and a little less... Douchebaggy, you know? What's the... Well, what's the term you used earlier? Your your anxiety level isn't nearly as high. Right, it wouldn't be when you're rolling with exactly. a squad. Exactly, because you know, because because when you pull up just by yourself, like on the purple NSX with gold wheels, like you get everybody's attention, and it's like, oh shit, you know, like I just want to go park this, like you said, step out, say hi to people, but say hi to me, right, not next to my car. Let's let's get away from the car. Like I don't, I'm not. Like I said, I, I I don't like being the center of attention. I like to stand about ten feet from my car because you hear everyone talking about it and it's kind of entertaining. So mm. a coworker of mine, he came to visit for a bachelor party in, in Scottsdale. So he hit me up. I went out with my car, I wanted to show him the car. We had a couple pops. So we're walking back to the car and we get about fifteen, twenty feet away. There's like three guys and a chick standing by my car and they're like, Oh, what car is that? Oh, who would do that? Who who would do that to an accurate sex? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of paint job is that? You know, I always smile, you know, because you have either have people that don't know what it is, people who know what it is and love it, people who know what it is and hate it. So, you know, when you're at a car show it's just kind of fun to kind of sit back. You're almost like the fly on the wall. Right. Just listen so. and observe. Hey, so um time for the question of the week all right question of the week this is a new segment we're doing and you know we're gonna ask ourselves this question but you know as we get more than you know a handful of of uh, followers and people who have subscribed we can start asking the people to ask us the question of the week this week is brando i'll ask you what if the nsx was never a thing if there was no nsx what would you have and why Mm, mm, mm. that's a good question um, man, I don't know. It's a toss-up, but I would say I would be leaning towards. Uh, don't laugh, a Bentley Continental. That it's more because I'm more of a cruiser, anyways. You know, I want something yes that looks good. That you know, just looks good going down the road. Something comfortable, and I don't know. I've just that Bentley has always struck me. You know, like it looks good. It's it's big and you know it's just just luxurious inside so that would be my choice so now you can have to ask the same thing too jay like what would you have or if there was no no what would you have you know there's so many cars i've wanted and of course the the stipulation of this question is it has to be 
within reason, right? So I can't say, well, if I didn't have any SX, I'd have a McLaren F1. Right. Let's say something bad happened. Because last time I checked. Something bad happened to the NSX, and there's no any good NSX in the market. And that, that money. No, 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 no. This is, this, in this question, it's if the NSX just never oh, existed. never existed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, never existed. Like, it wasn't a thing. I think it would be a Porsche 993. I remember sitting um, in a Porsche 993 when they first came out in a showroom, and I, it just felt like the car was made for me. And it was the same thing with the NSX. Now, when I sit in a 993, I feel uh, it's just, it's super old, super dated. Um, I don't really like them that much in on the inside, but it would probably would have been like a C4S mm-hmm. or a uh, or a, a 993 Turbo, you know, back when they were still somewhat affordable. Because now they're just through the roof. Yeah, they are. They're, they're up there. Then, how would you modify a 993? That's the uh, RWB that that he drives. That right? That's the that's the one that Akai drives. So for me, I would have got the RUF kit. You know, mm-hmm. RUF is kind of the, like, Singer wasn't a thing back when I was daydreaming because there's nothing cleaner than a Singer Porsche. But I would have got the the RUF kit. We've got the wheels. Like, there's a one called the RUF CTR2. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that was a Porsche that just fucking drove me nuts. So, yeah, that's what I, that's for, for the question of the week. That's my answer. I would go over the 993 Porsche C4S or Turbo. Nice. And then, you know, like you said, you'd go with the Bentley yes, Continental. Yes, I would. The Bentley Continental. I think that's a... And then, I don't know, put it on bags. <laughs> so let's switch to... Um, let's talk photo shoots. Ooh, photos. So that's kind of been a big thing on my mind lately. So for our cars, we probably have a ton of photos. So I'm not actively looking for photos so when i was in texas and i knew i was taking my car out there i was actively looking for photos because i was raised in texas and for people who knew me from my high school days until i moved away to michigan that's all apparently i ever talked about was one day owning an nsx so i wanted to take it full circle so then i started looking up people on instagram texas photographers it's actually really difficult for me to find people but the ones I found were, you know, really good. Um, but just overall in general, you know, from a photo shoot, you know, what are you, you know, what have you experienced? You know, what are the pros? What are the cons? What are the things that have just pissed you the fuck off? Because there's a lot of things that piss me off. Expectations, dealing with photographers and dealing with them on social media. You know, what would you tell people? You know, what are some of your experiences in Florida? Oh, man. Like, the first thing I do, you know, I... I... Like you said, we always get hit up for for photo shoots. So I I keep around, you know, two or three of my friends that are good at photography. But what I'm looking for, for like a good collabo, is I'm looking for like a photographer that has a plan already. They are going to, you know, incorporate their the background in the yes. location and the shots that they want at a certain time of the day park the car perfectly over here you know let this sun hit it like i want somebody that looks at it in a artistic kind of way and not just bring your car over here it's a good shot park it do that you know like i i want some i want more creativity you know i want tight shots i like um you know shots with different backdrops different different time of the day rolling shots so you know i i 
I look at other people's portfolio pretty much of what they've done before and see if they have you know if they have the skills for what I'm looking for and then see if they have a concept ready you know like when I was in art school our, our professors always asked us you know okay where'd you go to uh, art school Gulf Coast State College right here Panama City so okay. it, you know they would say you know for my photo class for example they'll say great this is this is your shots but what's this about what's what does it uh what does it mean you know what would be the purpose for this shot so uh, i think i just expect too much from from photographers and so what if they re- what if they reach out to you you know what do you okay, do okay so when somebody hits me up like hey you want to do talk the first thing i do is i check their their portfolio their instagram you know or what they've done what they've created and then I'll ask them if they have a concept behind it. Okay, cool. Let's shoot. What's your concept? What do you want to do? And I, it feels like when I ask that question, the majority disappears. It's like, I, yeah. I don't, that maybe they don't know how to answer that. I think one of, one of the big challenges for photographers when dealing with people like us, and we're just normal people, right? right? But the difference is, we, we have our own vision. We kind of know what we want, you know, and it's the same thing with any, any level of design because photography is a form of design, right? right? So um, some people out there are like, I just want some cool pics in my car, you know, whatever that means. But some people have a vision mm-hmm. and I'm looking for the photographer to have a vision or for them to understand my vision. And then I think we can both agree that when you, when you, are seeking a photographer versus when a photographer seeks you, they can be two completely different experiences. Exactly. You know, I want somebody, if I'm working with them for the first time, I want them to show me what they can do. You know, like I want to, okay, I'll step back. I trust you. I've looked at your stuff and uh, know I trust you with it. Go ahead, do your thing. And then next time I collab with them, then it'll be like a fun collaboration of my ideas, their ideas, but normally the first time is I let them shoot and I want to, I want to see how, what they create. And then from there, I'll either use them again or not. What are your pet peeves with photographers? Man, it's so much. I just, I'm not trying to like piss people off of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, you know, we'll get, we'll get people who listen to this and maybe they want to know how to approach photographers. Right. And maybe some photographers want to know, you know, how to approach people because, you know, they can be like anybody with a skilled skill set. They can be very prideful. Right. You know, they can be very selfish or very selfless. I think, just, I think it all depends on where they are in their photography life cycle. Right, right? exactly. I think it's, you know, when you're working with a with a photographer, I think they should be open to some criticism and open to some ideas of how we want our cars presented. They have to, I don't know, just be open and and have a different take on the same subject. What about the money? What's your philosophy on money? Because we may be the same, we may be different. <sighs> to be honest with you, it depends. If sometimes, and we come from two different, we come from two completely different experience levels. Because you do media, right, I do media. Like you deal with this shit all the time. I'm just some right. guy. I do media, but I don't do media on cars. Because I feel like I should separate that. So I want to collaborate with other people that do what I do 
but for cars. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I want somebody that comes in. This is this should be their lane. Okay, this is my car. Great, I designed it. Cool, but I want you to bring some of your, you know, your artistic skills, you know, to to represent the car to make it look however you want. But money wise, I don't pay for. Have it. you ever paid for a photo? No, shoot? I've never paid for a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I have never paid for a photographer, and it's not that I'm devaluing their service, but. Let's be honest, you know, like you, you, it's the cheapest shout out you can get on Instagram. You do my photos. Whenever I post those photos up, I tag you. I make sure that, you know, you get full credit on it and build your, build your audience that way and build their portfolio too. No, because nobody wants to look at somebody's portfolio of a beat up EK. You know, you, it's not going to attract, you're not going to attract <laughs> high-end clientele for your portfolio, you know, for you to charge uh, to be a photographer down the road, you know. No, no one wants to see ugly things. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but, you know, like, they, they need a model. And the car is a model. And fortunately for me, it's been trade. You know, they use my car. They use, they can use my uh, they can use the photos themselves. They can put in their portfolio, and I get to use it myself, and I get to promote them as well. So that's that's my take. And uh, so I'm going to have to ask you: Have you paid for photos done for your car? I have. I've paid for photos. I haven't paid. I don't always pay, and I don't really quote with anybody how much right. I pay. And there's times where I'll pay, and then I'll give them more than they ask for. But I have a very specific code. And, you know, some of the best photo shoots I've ever had are with people I haven't paid a dime to. Isn't that crazy and how that works? Usually, well, here's the thing. Usually those people do it professionally. So they're looking, you know, they're used to doing commercial money. So they just want to, like, relax and shoot something on the side. Maybe they want to try out a new lens. They want to try out a new angle, new lighting. And then I have personal relationships with those people. And so there's a certain code that I have for better or for worse. And then photographers that eventually listen to this, they need to really listen to this because like with the example I said earlier with Texas, I, I was seeking really good photographers so I can capture my car in essentially the place I grew up. And so my expectation was to find somebody and to pay them within reason. Because one thing I want is not only do I want quality, but I want photos that I could potentially blow up and put on my wall. Mm, wallpaper photos. You know, if it's yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, if it's, it's you know, pure wallpaper, if it's just for Instagram, you know, that can only take you so right, far. Exactly. You know, if I, if I need photos for a sponsor, you know, we'll do an entire episode about sponsorships later because we could talk about that for a minute, right. you know, so I'm fully expecting to pay, but I still have, I still have to decide, okay, how many photos of my car do I have? You know, how much do I really want these photos? How many photographers do I want to book in a week? You know, and I'm willing to pay because, man, that equipment is expensive. Right. Time, time to process the, the images. Yeah. You know, you can't really put a dollar amount on that. But at the same time, it's like, so one of my podcast idols, Adam Carolla, you know, when he first started in, in the industry, he was a carpenter. But once he first started on radio... He did everything for free. And he says, 
and I agree with because a lot of other industry professionals have said this. Sometimes you just have to do your craft for free and you get really good at it. And then once you get good at it, you can start charging people and the people are willing to pay right. you for your talents. So a lot of these photographers are starting out. Everybody thinks they're a photographer, mm-hmm. right? There's so many tools that help them make the photo better than it actually was when they right. shot. Some of my good photographer for friends, you know, they'll tell you a good photographer can get a better quality photo with shit equipment than a, a new photographer can get with expensive equipment because there's a skill set there. Right. You know, but so for me, when I seek somebody out, I do plan on paying them. If someone seeks me out, you know, I might pay them. But at the same time, it's like the last thing I need are more photos of my car. So like you, I go and I stalk their page. I'm like, okay, what kind of quality do they have? What uniqueness do they bring? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I compare them to some of my good friends who are professional photographers. One of my pet peeves is if and they have to understand this. And this is usually just younger photographers. I don't care how fucking good you are. Okay. If there's a financial transaction, guess what? Those photos belong to Correct. me. If I'm paying you for it, you're working for it. It's my product. So at that point, I choose to give you credit for the photos, but I don't have to. Because guess you what? You paid to do the job. Those photos belong to right. me. And, and if I don't pay any money, I'm like, hey, man, those are your photos hook me up with some if you want. I don't care what you do to them or with them because I didn't pay anything for them up front. So if you want to sell those photos and prints for a profit, go ahead. But my number one pet peeve, I got two actually. My number one pet peeve, well, let's just start with two. My number two pet peeve when dealing with photographers is if I pay you for these photos and all of a sudden you're posting all the best photos on your Hell page. no. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I want the right to post those first because right. I paid you for them. I don't mind. I tell people, I say, go ahead and post a couple to help boost your customer right. base for the future. And I never tell, like, and like I said earlier, I never tell anybody how much I pay for photos because sometimes I'm getting a deal, you know, so I don't like to quote, you know, I want people to get theirs, but they also have to understand that it's a, it's a mutual exchange. You get to shoot my car, which adds to your portfolio and I get some really cool photos. So they have to understand that it's a fair exchange. Right. You know, my number one pet peeve is me paying for photos and you making them, you as a photographer, making them, making them available for everybody. Mm-mm. Because I've shot with some real pros. You know, there's a guy, Jay Cantor, who's been shooting for 25 years. He shot my car for PassMag. Nice. You know, and he had no bones, you know, not, you know, he told me, I don't really like your car. And I reached out to pass mag and they said they wanted it. And I've been shooting professionally. So I shot your car. Brando, I never even saw a preview photo. I didn't know what any of those photos looked like until the magazine. Dang. Is that a paid but gig? He's been doing it professionally. Was that What's a paid that? gig? Did you pay him for your photos? No, no, no. Pass mag. Oh, pass mag paid him. Okay. Yeah. You get surprised. And since, he, and since he's been in the industry, he knows if, I have a commercial client. They're paying me for these photos. I better not post these photos. These photos essentially belong to them, although they actually belong to him, the photographer, as I learned later on. But, you know, still, he he understands how it is because he's been doing it for a long time. Right. So for me, as a regular person, treat me the same way. If I'm agreeing to pay you for your services, those services belong to me. It's the same thing. And I just brought, I just thought about this and people can argue with it, but it's almost the same thing as, you know, if you're, a, if you're someone's client, 
you expect client privacy. You don't expect them to post their whole client list. Exactly. Out there. You know, it's like a data breach in a sense. Yeah, because some clients don't want people to know that they're getting getting things done or contracting out or somebody else is doing it. You know, they expect that that privacy that you just don't. I've shot with guys who have turned out some incredible photos, like just incredible photos I paid money for. But I won't shoot with them again. Yeah. Because they broke my code. Not only did I pay you money, but you're like, hey, Prince, hit me up for Prince. Hit me up for Prince. I'm like, whoa. whoa, whoa." (laughs) Right. Wait a minute. We have an intersex buddy. I won't call him out, but I told him once. I'm like, look, man, your car at this point is so sought after in Arizona. Don't be a fucking photo shoot whore. You're like, examine the people who are taking photos of your car. Because your time is precious. Your time is valuable. If their portfolio isn't good enough, it's like a video game. They need to work themselves up to your level. Right. You know? Like, just don't take... He never saw a photo shoot. He didn't... You know, he, he didn't like... You know? Um, but on the flip side, not to make it seem like we're some sort of elitist assholes, but our time is precious, too. You know? Exactly. And... Like with my car, like people hit me up to shoot photos. I never tell anybody no, but I honestly, I prioritize based on their portfolio, you know, where they fall in the queue. Correct. And so for the people who are really good, you know, I'll make sure I schedule to shoot with them first or people I personally know. And then, you know, like I'll have kids hit me up and they do okay. If they're like, hey, can you meet me here? And I'm like, dude, that's 60 miles from my house. You know, how about you come over to my side right. of Phoenix? I do the same thing, too. I, I tell them, be like, hey, we're going to be here at this time of this day. I'll just meet you there afterwards. You know, I'm not I'm yeah. not going to go out of my way, drive a few hours to shoot with somebody that I know won't produce anything like I want. Unless I'm just unless I just need some new content. But a lot of the I mean, again, you know, a lot of the guys, though, they just. You're cool with them. You get to know them, and they just want to shoot to add to their portfolio. Yeah, you know, and, and those are some of the best photo shoots. Yeah, I support you know, I support um, people that are actually, like you said, just because you have a camera doesn't mean that doesn't make you a photographer. You know, if I see somebody with potential and they're putting out work and they're doing it day in and day out, okay, let me help you within reason. So, yeah, it's within reason. Within reason, you know. Um, yeah, and then, you know, like the the whole social media part, like I said earlier, it's like don't splatter these pics all over social media when I'm giving you money for them. Right. It's, uh, you, you own it. Here's the deal. The, yeah, here's the proper proper way to approach it from a photographer. Hey, do you mind if I post these photos? Do you mind if I post this pic? And I've gotten that from people before. And some of those people have actually turned into my really good friends. Right. And I'm, I'm fortunate. I get to shoot with a lot of people who don't charge me a dime. Mm-hmm. It's nice. They would just... You know, tell me to tell me to screw off if I try to send them money. Right, that's nice. You know, but they understand. I don't do it to take advantage of their skills. I do it because I trust their work, and they want the practice. And then you know, afterwards, maybe we go get a beer or we go have dinner. And I'll buy them dinner. You know, right. just we just we Correct. Just hang like out. You don't have to pay them a cash transaction, but yeah, let me take care of dinner. Let me, you know, let me do this for you. You know, let's do a trade somehow, and you know, take care of them. And my photographer friends, I, I've I've created good relationships with them. And every time they want to shoot, I have uh, one friend. 
He's he's substantially young. He's about as old as my kids. I'm an old man, right? But, you know, he's really good. You know, a lot of my photos on Instagram are from him. You know, and he told me last year, he's like, hey, why don't you ever shout me out on the Instagram? And I was like, well, I tag you in the pics, and I say photo by. But if you want me to boost you up, show me you want to do this professionally. Because he does it as a hobby, as most of them do. I'm like, you know, do you want to take that? I had this this question with uh, this conversation. I was like, hey, do you, are you taking this serious? Like, where do you see yourself? Are you trying to be like this guy? And I'll name one of the, you know, most, you know, most established photographers in Phoenix. Or do you want to be like this guy? Or do you want to shoot weddings? I said, my suggestion to you is open up a Facebook page or, or, or a website with your name, photography. And then I could, you know, I'll shout you out more often to help drive you business exactly you know so i'm you know i'm not gonna say hey here's brando he's like the best photographer in phoenix shoot with him because there's so many good photographers i don't like to to show favoritism that way my way of showing favoritism is just posting more and more of your pics right exactly because you turned out great quality and then the people will find you right and to be honest with you for for photographers to do work i feel like whenever i create videos i get better I keep getting better and I practice a little bit. And like you said earlier, you know, some some people want to just practice. And when they do, you know, good stuff comes out. And I don't know. I, I guess also that we're talking about this. Well, the final thing I'd like to say to the to the people who are starting out or the people who are existing or people who have been around for a long time, um, don't take yourself too seriously and don't be too full of yourself. Because some of the guys, they get so good, they pick up commercial clients, and now you thought you were friends, and they don't even have time to say what's up to oh. you. You know, let's keep it organic. If you want to have that kind of relationship, we can have it, but don't, you know, call me for any favors. Because sometimes they'll give you a call, it's like, hey, who's so-and-so who drives that car? Eh, you know, they're so-and-so. Right. Can you hook me up? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a lot of people. Right. But I'm not going to go the extra leg to to make connections when all of a sudden we're not cool anymore because you've moved on and you're better in your career, mm. you know. Because I take shit personal. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, like I said that on the last podcast. So like I take a lot of shit personal. If, if I can't figure out what happened, I'm gonna take that shit personal. Oh shoot. <laughs> so do you do you want to give a shout out to any photographers that you've worked with? You know, that's a good question um, because, you know, that kind of takes us to our next segment. So this is another new segment we have, Instagram Profile Highlight of the Week, where each week, each one of us picks somebody to discuss and talk about briefly on Instagram, kind of give them a shout out for their page and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I do have one. Okay. And so for my Instagram highlight this week, I'd like to give a shout out and a highlight to my photographer friend, Patrick Ernson. He is at desert motors so i've shot with patrick twice and so patrick is a photographer who does this stuff professionally and the reason he shot with me a few years ago is because he had never actually shot an nsx now this guy shoots for all the major auctions he's got photos on hardcover books some magazines and he's at a level and he's super humble super freaking cool you never know it but brando this guy gets flown like, people reach out to him, millionaires, billionaires, they'll fly him places to take photos of their cars. So he, he shot McLaren F1s. He shot Mercedes SLK GTRs. You know, he shot for Gooding. He shot for Meekum. You know, yep. he's next level, super nice guy at Desert Motors. He's my Instagram profile highlight of the week. Who do you have? 
oh man, I got my my booth buddy uh, with Brada. His name is Aaron Quarterman. He's got the lime green FD RX7. He went from Rocket Bunny to a Veal Side Fortune Kit. Check that out. Like that's that man. I love how he just era correct. You know, he went got the Veal Side Fortune for his RX7 and that color. That color is so loud. Like I love it. I freaking love it. And he just got it out just a few days ago. You posted that, didn't you, or something? Yep, I did post him a, a few did. a few months ago. I did post him, and then oh. now he, he just like, end of May. He just got it end of May out, and man, it looks good. Like I can't wait to see to see this car. Like I'm can't wait. And he he lives in Atlanta. Um, really cool guy. Uh, he's a engineer too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll definitely check him out. You said that's A A run. How, how are you spelling it's, that? I T S underscore A Y E underscore A Y E underscore R O N. It's I I Aaron. I I run. Yeah, I I right, run. He's a chemist. No, that's uh, yeah, that's cool. So you know, uh, next time we'll have you know our own profiles of the week. Um, so. Yeah, I mean it's been a it's been a great episode. Let's do a you know coming up we have an episode on on uh, SEMA sponsorships. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff we can talk about with that. Uh, we both have a lot of experience. Yep. And um, what do you want to tell people? You know, go ahead and follow you. Give them give them your 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 information. You can catch me at Fat Damn NSX on Instagram. Yeah, my car should be out. I'm I'm hoping by next week. And from then, I'm just going to shoot a bunch of content. And I got to make new content, Jay. <laughs> I ran out. I ran out. It's it's whatever. Yeah, so guys, again, that's uh, that's Brando. It's at that damn NSA. Yeah. And Jay. Jay Fizzle at NSX. NA2 NSX, right? Page your personal page it's that damn islander <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you know you know we need to talk about next time we need to talk about why we have two instagram profiles i think that's a good it's a good subject to talk about well that's all you have is two i got a bunch but okay yeah. all right but those yeah two. we'll talk about that too so yeah. I think with that being said, uh, for, for Brando and Jay, we'll talk to you guys next time. Hard parking with on... Jay and Brando podcast. <laughs> with Brando and Jay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. This is Hard Parking. That's a cool name. Later. I'll talk to you later. See you. Bye.